You're about to hear a favorite from the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze archive. This show originally aired in 2016. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to eat, drink, and be merry. Oh, do we have a show lined up for you because we have Clancy Miller, and wow, is she good. She's done a book called Cooking Solo, and it's for people who end up being singletons, whether by choice or not. You know, if you've got a busy family and you somehow are eating by yourself, or you are single, great. You can blow up any of these recipes, you know, double, triple, quadruple. If you're having people over, but she is great in terms of her taste in ingredients and has worked at some of the best places in Paris and has been trained at Le Cordon Bleu, worked at the legendary restaurant Taivant. Oh my God, she is really something. We're going to be talking with her later on. Her polenta, it was so incredible yeah. with Parmigiano Reggiano, and it's the easiest thing to make, as easy as making rice, mm. seriously. Okay, here we go. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors, Robin Doyen Aiken, who's also senior producer, Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast Restaurant, Alex Province, wine broker in Hartford. Hey, everybody. Hey. hey. All right, let's do Hello. this. We are still getting the harvest from the markets. Oh, yeah. oh, I yeah. am still eating corn. You know, salads. You know, you just have had every salad through the summer, right? Yeah. So I want to toss out a salad that I think is a great idea. This is inspired by something I saw in uh, Bon Appetit magazine. I just think you don't even need the recipe for this because here's what I want you to think of. You're just simply going to either steam, microwave, boil, whatever you do with corn, chop it off the cob, just take a knife, boom, 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 down all the sides into a bowl, and then toss in some toasted hazelnut nuts, a little pecorino cheese, and mint. That's the four Have things a, you need. I don't no. care how much of anything you, you do. Need. I could give you a, a specific recipe. It's ridiculous. Very Moroccan. The so. corn, toasted hazelnuts, pecorino cheese. You can get it absolutely anywhere. Italian. You grate it in and chopped up mint. Just toss, toss, toss. And you can do a vinaigrette and maybe a little squeeze of fresh orange Ooh, juice in there. Lemon juice. That's what I'm oh. taking from the Bon Appetit recipe, the fresh orange mm. juice. It has that crispiness. It has the cheesiness. It has the mint playing off everything. Is this oh. a side dish? Yep. I, this would Spoon, be. Please. I could eat this for dinner. <laughs> I really could. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful salad to bring yeah. out for people. But I certainly could have it for a whole. Do you dinner. chill it a little bit in the refrigerator and make it refreshing? You could. Yeah. I, you know, like at room temperature, but it doesn't matter. I Whatever love you chopped like. salads, especially when you're right in the season, right? And you have stuff still coming. It's too us. hot to eat. Yeah, just chop up everything, throw it in a bowl. Even if you toss it with like a store bought dressing, it doesn't matter. It's just so tasty. Yeah, it is. And we talked. Tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchini, whatever it is, kohlrabi, whatever, doesn't matter. Just chop it up, put it in a bowl, dress it. Collect of olive oil, salt, pepper. Exactly. Mm. Remember, and you can either do fresh lemon juice on it or you can do some kind of vinegar that you like. Remember last time. So if you want to go to our site, you can see last time we tell you how to use fresh market vegetables to preserve them and use them all winter long. So that's foodschmooze.org. So want to do some 
food tips because I always think this is fun. We cruise around and we we look at all kinds of things to come up with ideas. I also, in that process, stumbled on a recipe for, I love grits. I'm just Ooh. crazy about grits. For it's breakfast? Really, uh, for anything, any reason, <laughs> any time. Lemon, garlic, shrimp, and grits. Yeah. Now and that's grits. a real, it's a kind of plate on a Southern thing. Yeah. I've had grits in Charleston in every way imaginable, but this, I think this is a wonderful thing. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. Okay, tips in the kitchen. If you have, I've been using a spiralizer quite a lot to oh, take yeah. fresh vegetables and do pretend noodles Ooh, so they're yeah, not yeah. having too much mm. pasta because I could eat it every single day. Uh, Chris, you got any kind of kitchen tip? You know what you're saying with your spiral? You know what mine is? I have this little Japanese mandolin. And you can get it in, like, some stores or online. It's, like, $12. Mm. And it's very inexpensive. Is it tan? Yeah, it's like tan. An yeah, it's an yeah. off-white tan. It's the same one. See, that's so and much better is, than the expensive yeah, one. And, and it's almost disposable at $12, $13, yeah. right? When you're done with it, you just chuck it. And I'm telling you, you can do julienne. It has a bigger one. Or when I'm just slicing things, like if I want to slice some red onion to put on top of a tomato salad oh. and I want it paper thin, you can adjust this thing down to where you slice and you can see through. Chris, that is so mm, fantastic. Yes. Do you know this? If you have the fancy mandolin, and they can cost up to $300. Mm-hmm. The stainless steel kind. Oh, yeah. yes, with the 4,000 blades and all this business. That's all well and good. The cleaning of that thing is so outrageous that it's like another job. And so with this $12 model, the dishwasher. it's just like... <laughs> It really does. It's you just really chuck fantastic. it in the dishwasher and you're you know, done. Matt, has his, Matt went to high school in the Dominican Republic and, and bought one of those because they make, is it plantanitos or the, the fried plantains? Oh, sure. Yeah, they you love slice them. Oh. You know, yeah. and it, it sounds yeah. like it's like an off-white, sort yeah. of like cheap, it, flimsy thing. But it works. Yeah, he loves it. That's yeah. like the dessert potato chip, isn't it? Plantains, fried mm-hmm. plantains. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, totally. Does it have Brown to, it's sugar? Not, it's sort of like mm-hmm. starchy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things I love to do, and this comes from Marie Quiello, Rose Quiello's late mother. She made the best lasagna I've ever had in my life. And always, Mm. really, it was an eggplant parmesan. But you would use Chris's $12 mandolin and take an eggplant and slice it paper thin. Most people slice the slices very, and of course, Rose's mother did it by hand with a knife, and she could go chop, 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 and do it paper thin. I can't. (laughs) So if you use this inexpensive mandolin, slice, 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 and it's paper thin, you put olive oil in the bottom of a baking dish, and then you put a layer, overlapping layer, of these paper thin eggplant slices, then a little gray cheese she would sometimes put uh, meat in her tomato mm, sauce yeah. but you know the tomato Sausage. sauce and now another layer but not globs as we do in the american version of mozzarella she would do parmigiano reggiano or mm. some other cheese just grated layer by layer by layer by layer and then sauce and cheese on the top and that was it so she would make a sauce sometimes with meat sometimes not and it was hands down the best eggplant lasagna I've ever had in my life, or oh, any yeah. kind of lasagna. It oh, was incredible. Oh. There was no bechamel. There was no anything like that. It's called the Ben Rinner 
Where's it from? It's, so it, it, was, it really Japanese. is Japanese. Yeah. How it's do you the spell Ben it, Renner, B E N R I N E R, Japanese mandolin. And it goes, I'm looking on eBay, it goes anywhere from like $15 to $25. Okay. And it's the best thing you'd ever buy. It's very small. And like I said, it's dishwasher safe. Mm. Fantastic. It's a great little kitchen tool. And do you put the blades in the dishwasher too? Yeah, you can. We do, sure. yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, of course. All you right. Can. You know what we've been doing is taking. Um, part cooking chicken ahead of time so we cook it your way chris like low and slow mm-hmm. forever sure. so we'll like we're starting to make like two or three dinners at a time so we'll be cooking tonight's dinner and then we'll be par cooking chicken and yeah. then put that in ziploc bags and next night you know some barbecue sauce or something or bring it down to the boat and you know once you're cooking you get into the mood you know you just cook three dinners it yeah. takes about the same amount of time cleanup is identical yeah. I try to teach week. that my. I'm just I, looking. Yeah, I try to teach my kid that Robin? too. Is you you cook once, are, eat wait, twice. Wait, I have to find out. Yeah, I mean, look, you two are looking with astonishment. Well, I, I was thinking that that's almost as good as in Rachel Ray. There's a story about cooking one day for an entire month. So that that's wow. sort of like get the what? freezer full and you don't yes. have to go back in the kitchen. Everything's seriously. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm totally. Wow. In. I thought yeah. that was quite the challenge. I just am baffled because you have not? to be like I'm, part squirrel. Yeah, I'm, yeah, right. yeah. yeah you, and organized. Boy, do you have to be right and I'm just plan it bury out. This meatloaf over here. God. I know. I most people. Yeah, most people like have a hard squirrel. time <laughs> cooking on the weekends for uh, the week, uh, and here's this idea of cooking, you know, Three complete with a shopping and list and everything. After work. I'm just yeah. baffled. I'm staring at you with my jaw hanging on the <laughs> floor. Know. It's just like, oh, wow, that is fantastic. Yeah, you know what? I was just thinking, you know what I've been doing is cooking in a rice cooker. Do you have a rice cooker? I used to. I, the I best gave it oatmeal. Away. I've been actually making know dinner. What to do with I've been making <laughs> dinners in it. I just you looked have? at it the other day and I was like, you what know what? You Why couldn't you make dinner in this thing? It goes up to a pretty high temperature if it simmers water to make rice. So just the other day, I wanted to do burritos for family meal. That's our staff meal in the restaurant. And I took a bowl and in the bowl, I put a cup of rice, two cups of water. So there's my base. And then I went to my pantry and I grabbed a small can of black beans, drained them, threw them in there. I took a can of tomatoes and I threw them in there. Again, it's all in a bowl, right? And And then I seasoned it with salt, pepper, cumin, chili powder, fresh cilantro, and I chopped up a jalapeno. And I got in there with a spoon, mixed it all up. I threw it in my rice cooker. With the uncooked rice? Everything. All the water, the rice, the beans, everything. Oh, and I put chicken in it, too. I chopped up some chicken breast and threw that in there, too. Slapped the lid on and then hit it to cook, and I walked away. And then 15 minutes, I came back. I took it. I popped it, took out the insert, dumped it in a bowl, fluffed it all up, and then we stuffed burritos and cheese with cheese and that filling and threw them in the oven (gasps) and then we were just eating it out of the bowl with a spoon and it was amazing and it took 15 really 15, you minutes treated it like a finish. slow an instant slow cooker like an instant slow cooker a fast yeah cooker. fast cooker almost yeah like a fast cooker a less slow cooker and then i started thinking about all the other one pot meals that you could chuck in there and you could even have it in your refrigerator uncooked and then when you came home put that insert in there close the lid hit it to cook go take your shower come back downstairs so, and dinner's ready so essentially this is the you can go to any Asian market and buy that three-level steamer basket 
for what six dollars or something essentially you're steaming this food right Mm -hmm. and it's either cooking or reheating what's already in there and it's amazing so i'm looking at this as a pretty cool new toy chris that is so smart and i'm gonna do salmon in it i'm gonna do some more chickens in it and i'm gonna come up how do you know how long to cook it shuts off at the perfect time because it's a weight trigger. Have you, you know how they work? Oh. So basically mm. when you cook rice in it, when the water evaporates out, it gets lighter and it lifts up. And oh. when that happens, it switches it to keep warm, which is great too, because even if you're not around, it'll stay on keep warm for hours. And that keeps it at a safe temperature. So our friend Joe wow. makes his yeah. like right. Irish oatmeal. He swears by it. Perfect. I think he sets it. In the it, rice cooker. In the yeah, rice cooker. I think he yeah. sets it the night before something yeah, sure. and wakes up oh. bright yeah, and early. Because you can do done. that in a slow cooker, yeah. but I see. He swears by it. A slow it. cooker keeps it warm through the night, mm-hmm. but well, this was not. the same thing. Right? Oh, yeah. Same it does? Thing. It switches automatically to warm. Is it cheaper than a slow cooker or uh, more expensive? About the same. Okay. I just like it too because if you like pressure cooking, which I love, right? That's my new thing. It has an element to that, even though the lid isn't like tight, tight and steam does escape, it is like under a slight amount of pressure because there's a little valve that lets steam out, but not a hundred percent, right? It just goes out slowly. So it is under a light pressure almost. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, how about uh, lobster rolls? So here we are in the food schmooze, and we know we have Clancy Miller is going to join us in our third segment, Cooking Solo. We're going to talk about lemon, garlic, shrimp, and grits, too, in Mm. our next segment. But what about, has anybody had lobster roll they really enjoyed this summer in a particular place? Oh, I made my own. Well, you made the shrimp ones were great. And that shrimp one, that recipe you gave me. They were really fun. For me, it's uh, sitting out with my friend Bob and Alan at Johnny Ads on a picnic table and an old saber. Yeah. I like the one in Clinton at the dock, too. I mean, does it get any better than that? Like a rustic picnic table outside and... Got to do at least one a summer. Even though school started and stuff, you can still sit out there. Seafood gets better in the colder months. I mean, right, I think true. it's sort of like this notion that seafood's only for the summer, but in Europe, and like particularly in Spain, seafood is like a Christmas thing. I went to Abbott's with a oh, bunch of people. In oh, lobster yeah. in the rough in Knowing, Connecticut. Yeah. I hadn't been there in quite a while. And we were in a crowd of people, some of whom were gluten-free, and they now serve gluten-free buns. And really? so I will say when you do a business like that, it's huge. And yeah. so I fully expected that the hot lobster roll was going to come out and it was going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. And you just say, oh, yeah. whatever. I'm in it for the butter and the lemon. It was perfectly steamed it really was you don't I get have to, to be say. an institution like that unless you it do, was right? really right? good that place I, has oh, been there really forever good. and it's a, such a gorgeous setting yeah. Yeah. rustic but funky and yeah right? so is anyone else crabbing did you guys go crabbing this summer I, we didn't no i wanted to do crabs and try and make it's a so crab much sauce. fun did, yeah oh my i gosh. know you did it i've seen some we, pictures online yeah we got pretty crab. good at it we ended up catching you know so the blue crabs are around and they're coming down the river in essex and what did you use for bait well we use bunker so like a fish so it's funny because the and is people, it a trap like a lobster no, trap no. no so people will use chicken or people yeah. use hot dogs but the bait you know the fish place was like no they don't eat chicken they you know they do eat yeah. I guess if they you do eat in. chicken <laughs> I can they, testify like they eat fish, I think they you know? eat anything they well, eat chicken they're, legs they're I can scavengers yeah, so they eat anything <laughs> 
<laughs> so the first night we went out with a spotlight in the dinghy with a net, and that was like proved to be pretty difficult. They <laughs> scuttle what's the best, away. What's the best yeah. way to get them? Then? So you throw it's a string with a yeah. little uh, hook on it. Yeah. You put the fish or whatever yeah, hot dog, whatever. and then you slowly bring the the uh, string in. As they follow it. As no, they hold on oh, to they it. Hold they hold on to it. They won't let it go. They think you're stealing their food. <laughs> And then you scoop them down with the oh, net. And then, nice. you know, we were catching yep. two at a time. And uh, they're wonderful. I don't know if yeah. you could. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, then how do you cook them? How do you, how do you do that? So we ended up buying the Zatarans, you know, stuff from the South. It's, yeah. it's salt, paprika. Yep. Yeah. And then you can put them in a big pot with a beer, some apple cider did vinegar. You clean no. We, you know, we, we just did it rough stuff. Rough, yeah, rustic. <laughs> just, no, it was so much fun. And we did that with a couple of lobsters. Oh, yeah, Some fresh fun, corn, huh? you snap in half. Yeah, I saw oof, your pictures. Oof, really, oof. really great. We had them We had them on our Facebook site. Really, really fun. There is nothing like that flavor in a red sauce, that blue crab flavor. Wow. And like an Italian sauce? Oh, yeah. Oh, it is really out, just... A chili pepper flake. Amazing. Okay, remember, we're going to talk about cooking. Solo with Clancy Miller, and also we're going to talk about lemon, garlic, shrimp, and grits, and so much more. We got lots of kitchen tips for you that are going to make you smarter in the kitchen. More mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you'll make, I really do, a charitable contribution to feed the hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. You're listening to a rebroadcast of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. This show originally aired in 2016. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread had a fight. Beans, Beans knocked cornbread out of sight. Beans. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Beans. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. Beans. I'll be ready. We have a free podcast for you. What does that mean? You know, even if you don't do this, you probably are used to hearing me say this. It's just something I feel compelled to pass along because, you know, it is great to hear the show live and in the car, and it's all fantastic that we're in the house as you're doing whatever you're doing. But life is crazy, and we got a lot of things going on, and so people get the podcast so you can click on it and listen anytime you want. You don't miss a drop of pleasure that way, our tips, our recipes. All you have to do to get that free podcast is to sign up for it once. There's no trick with this, like, and then we'll send you 8,000 emails. <laughs> it's free. No, it's just a thing. We just want you to get the show. So also, when you go to our site, you'll see we've got all these, I think, delicious, curated food, wine, and cocktail things, events. We love talking with you, so we encourage you, whether you get podcast or not, to stop by often and see us, talk with us at Food Schmooze. O-R-G. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford.
Hartford, and senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken, who's also a participant on the show. And I love to say, because I hope their heads swell up to the size of Volkswagen, (laughs) that I adore these people. I absolutely, it makes my day, my week, my life. It's just one of the best things in the world to do is to be around these folks. Well, for us too. Oh, so thank you. So here we go. We're going to do some kitchen tips. I love these. You know how it works with us. We cruise around online all over the place. We check out blogs. We go to all the food magazines. We watch the food shows on television. We do everything. And we start pulling tips from here and there. I have to say that so often, Often I find things in Cook's Illustrated. So here is one that I think is terrific. We're in the berry season still. People are using, going to start using the fall fruits to make these pies. We have mm. the holidays coming. And when you pre-bake a pie shell, they're always telling you to put you know, foil or something. or something to protect the pre-baked pie crust from burning when you're baking the filling. Oh. And so you're wrapping it with foil in it. Well, here's somebody writing in to say, my method is to cut out the center of a disposable aluminum foil pie plate. She cuts out the center, which leaves only that ring. Wow. And then... So smart. Is that the smartest? Oh, that's clever. See? Because they actually sell things you can buy, but this is is almost free. You have it. You have it because you got the pie shell usually and you so she just cuts out that circle with a pair of scissors flips it upside down and it covers the pie shell that's already pre-baked and you don't want that to burn so okay we all like that how about you cocktail makers so the last one i heard was making um cocktails in a batch i guess they used to do this in the old days you would make instead of making a single manhattan you would actually make a batch of them and put it in a bottle and store it so i read it in some magazine yeah so say you have a group of people coming over you make a, a pitcher of martinis or a pitcher of Manhattans, <laughs> yeah. and you have it all ready to go. You know, the thought is you're spending time with your guests. All you have to do is get a, a glass with some ice cubes and pour and it in. And everyone's it's, is the same instead of you wow. get one that's too weak and yeah. one that's too hot. This is and, like, yeah, I like this that. Is like the, I'm, I'm just picturing, <laughs> based on our first segment where Alex and Matt were making days worth of meals in one <laughs> set. I'm now seeing like a week's worth of Manhattans made in, in the, the fridge. Like, <laughs> no, it's four different cocktails in, in these tall things in the yeah, fridge all lined soon. up like do you want a martini or a margarita <laughs> next thing we're going to hear is there's a straw attached yeah. to the pitcher in the refrigerator you don't have to actually move from your chair no that is fabulous i love cool. that idea yeah. i really do i wonder how long it can stay in the fridge because spirits forever. keep Dent. a long time yeah, bourbon yeah, certainly yeah. bitters oh, yeah forever. cherry juice okay forever. well here's a tip for a cocktail This is a tip from somebody in Hawaii to Cook's Illustrated. Make a batch of cocktails. This woman's often making a batch. And she uses her fat separator. You know that plastic measuring cup? She uses it for mixing and serving drinks. And what the fat separator does is strain the ice out just the way a cocktail shaker does because it has that rim. And so the liquid pours through the holes and the rim keeps the ice from going in. And so it's an instant cocktail shaker if you don't have yeah. one. One less I thing like to it. buy. Yeah, Exactly. All right, I have one. And this is a pretty cool one that I just recently discovered. And it's making pasta and a quick sauce. Now, have you ever bought mozzarella cheese and it comes in the brine or that yeah. liquid? Yeah, sure. Everyone throws that liquid away, yep. including me. 
So the other day, this mozzarella season with salads and stuff, I actually tasted that liquid. Have you ever tasted it? No. Salty, milky. Yeah, it's like milky, lightly salty, lightly salty. So I was like, you know what? Why couldn't I, in a pinch, so I cooked some pasta, I drained the pasta out, and in that same pot, I threw in a little bit of that liquid into the pot. I chopped up some mozzarella and some grape tomatoes, threw back my pasta, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a great pasta. Oh, my God. Hmm. That's a fantastic okay? idea. And it works with feta cheese, too. <gasps> if you like yes. if you like strong. if you So this yeah. is the mild version. And if you get your feta wow. in brine, cheese it works. Cheese brine pasta. Yeah, it is pretty cool stuff. I've been using fresh mozzarella probably for 25 years. I've never tasted that liquid. I never have. Sometimes I dump it before I even get the cheese out, right? You open the container yeah. and you go right down the drain. So next time, taste I it, am. and then make a pasta out of it. It's you can do the cool. same with like the caper liquid too. Same thing. Caper liquid's a little stronger, but you could add little bits yeah. of that. So is don't salt throw that in it? Salt. It's lightly salted. If you like it on the yeah, kicked no, up I'm version. No, I'm just thinking if somebody's got to watch out for salt. Don't. This is not a good idea. No, this right. is the one to use. Don't use the feta one because the feta one I found uh-huh. to be really salty. Really salty. <laughs> but okay. if you like that, like so I I'm sure do. there's nutrition yeah. in there too. Yeah, I'm sure some whey gets out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flavor. So that's a quick. I don't have sauce. I don't know what to eat, but. I have cheese. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Okay, here's another one. You know when you have a bone-in cut, this goes with chicken, it can go with beef, whatever it is, a little Cornish hen. And I am hoping that my knives are sharp enough so like, I buy a rotisserie duck and then I'm plunging the knife into the center and I'm trying to cut it in half. And I'm stabbing the backbone yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, duck, yeah. you know, or the yeah. breastbone, and I'm yeah. stabbing at it, trying to get my knife to go through. I'm often not strong enough. Well, here's somebody writing in to say that if you use the mallet, you know, where you take a piece mm-hmm. of meat and put plastic wrap on it and pound the chicken breast oh, or the one. cube yep. steak yep. or yep. whatever it is, if you use that rubber mallet for those food purposes, you know, you put your knife right where you want it on the, say, the chicken breast with the bone in, and then you Tap. whack it whack. with Tap. the mallet. Bang, bang, bang. It goes straight through the bone, right in half, scored it right through the center. Where do you get a rotisserie duck? Oh, I, I go oh to gosh. this. Yeah. You, you, you know, get one too. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. uh, Adong in West Hartford. In the oh, Elmwood there, section yeah, a lot of places. Hang and it off the bone. Yeah. And oh, put God, it in yeah. A lot of Asian yeah. markets have mm-hmm. that. I just, I pull the, the skin yeah. off. I pull yeah. the meat right mm-hmm. off the thing. I chop it up and I make a salad. Yeah. And I do a kind of Asian dressing where I'll put sesame oil and soy and lime juice and chopped up mint and rice wine vinegar and sometimes a little pinch of sugar. And I mix it all up. And then I put the shredded duck meat on the salad with chopped scallions. Bang. Where have I been? The dressing. And at Adon, you can't miss it. The second you walk through the door, the door opens and you look to the left and they're hanging right there. Oh, they always yeah. have like three or four. Oh, my God, they're so good. Often, like some places, if, when they can get away with it, they'll charge you know, $18 for a duck. But in many other places, it's, markets, it's $9, $10. They're just fantastic. A lot of the Asian markets bring them in from New York because that's where they're doing them by the hundreds. Cool. Yeah, and I think Adon, too. I don't think they do their own. I yeah, they bring them okay. In. They just reheat them. But boy, are they good. Oh, I know. Mm. All right, I've got another one. Okay, ready? Go, and this go. one I've yeah, said before, and I'm going to say this one again. And this one I can say hands down, and I know people aren't going to like me for it, but I'm going to say it again. Jarred garlic. 
really? use jarred garlic. That's I am my response, never, really. I am never getting garlic under <laughs> my fingernails again. Wait a minute. I why? tested. It doesn't taste I, chemically. I, I, you know what? Go ahead. Because we did. We did. No, no, no. Whole cloves. Whole cloves. We did at the supermarket. At the supermarket, little. I don't know. It's a little yeah. jar looking yeah. thing. I bought a jar, and one of my chefs said the same thing to me. Oh, you gotta use fresh. Gotta use fresh. I'm like, let's do it. It's easy to do. Let's just make a quick pasta with garlic. We'll make one in one pan, one in the other pan, and then we'll taste it. And you tell me which one has the fresh garlic and which one has the canned garlic. Okay, but you're a chef, though. Your hands are so fast. It want, gets under your fingernails. I want to hear. Nobody away. knew. I no want to hear what tell. is in that stuff. The, Nothing. What, what's in the jar of the garlic? fresh garlic? To keep it from turning brown. I, I don't believe you. It's just garlic. <laughs> just garlic. <laughs> It's no, got to have an antioxidant. There, ha- no, there must garlic. be some kind of no. sodium. No, sometimes there's a. It, sometimes glutamate there's a, no, blah, some, blah, blah, no, no. Sometimes there's a. What, the, a lot of things. The do not eat. Yeah, package. The do, yeah, the do not eat packet. Sometimes <laughs> you'll find that in the, the silicone. Not to be consumed so, by human beings. Ooh, but a salt I'm telling packet. you, listen. If you're like me, and maybe <laughs> I'm the only one. Any substance on earth. Maybe I'm the only one. But when I peel garlic, it always gets under my fingernails. That's why we have stainless steel. That is torture to me for but, some reason. But oh, I grew up okay. with a Spanish mom who for breakfast takes beautiful toast and rubs a clove yeah, of garlic onto the toast. With so so <laughs> try with the jarred garlic and tell me if it works. Okay. I'm just saying, you know what? They're for more expensive everyone, maybe. For anyone Did you who tells look me at what's no, on the label? There's just as garlic. Did you yes, look? Yes, garlic. It Do I have to gar- garlic? It says ingredients. Garlic. 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 What's the liquid? There's no liquid. No, no, I'm not saying that. These are peeled cloves of garlic. In the supermarket. In the supermarket, in a jar, in a plastic jar. It has nothing in it except peeled uh, There's cloves. no liquid. There's no liquid. Oh, it's okay. Just I'm just seeing the liquid. Yeah, one. no, no. I'm not saying by that. I'm not saying the chopped ones are the ones in liquid. No, no, no. None, none of that. I'm just saying these are peeled cloves Where of garlic. Where are you finding that? In, in the, the section. refrigerator? Protosection. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you'll see them. And it just says it's, you're swearing. It's just garlic. You're swearing. Hundred percent. Because you can, a little formaldehyde. No, there's and I like <laughs> once I found a little one of those little packages. What are those things to, to get the moisture out? These are wow. just peeled okay. garlic cloves. It's I'm telling you. Okay. Never peel garlic again. So <laughs> like we, we learned <laughs> on our, our recent show that the sell-by dates and the use-by dates for a lot of things are pretty crazy. And in for whatever reason, you can blow past a lot of them unless there is mold in your food and then out it goes. Mm-hmm. Cheese, of course, is okay because cheese is mold. And if there's mold on it, you just want to cut it <laughs> off because that means it's better. Okay. But everything else, if it has mold, throw okay. it out. But the sell-by dates, the use-by dates are pretty crazy. New York Times story is what we're quoting. Okay, so when baking soda expires, here's a tip from Cook's Illustrated. A lot of people throw it out. I don't know if this applies to baking soda, whether you can blow past the date or not. So I'm not even going to get into that. But here's a woman writing in to say that she keeps that in a jar under her sink for every kind of cleaning task that she can come up with. Uh, there might be yeah. a spill in the oven, you know, when something bubbles mm-hmm. over and you've got that yeah. crusty, you know, creepy thing down there. She just dumps on 
that baking soda yeah. to get rid of it. If she wants to get stains out of glassware, yeah. she uses that because it's excellent for that. If you take your glasses out of the dishwasher and they're marked with all those spots, so just to rinse with baking the box soda. you put in your fridge after it's done. Don't throw it away. Yeah, it's just been in there put, for four yeah, years. Yeah, which mine has. <laughs> yeah. Just use it for cleaning. I've seen on websites where they give you tips for cleaning with baking soda. I use it to clean my microwave. See, yeah. Oh, put, what do you do? I put some baking soda in a glass bowl, mm-hmm. and I put an inch of water in there, enough to cover the baking soda. Yeah. You know, it's not a ton. Like a paste. Yeah, and I put the bowl in the microwave, and then I put the microwave on for like two minutes, three minutes. I don't like the idea of using a cleaning product on the inside of my microwave. That's yeah. great. I like that. Yeah. So the baking soda, it cooks for a couple minutes in this water solution, and then I take a paper towel and run it on the inside of my microwave and it gets off it's all, all the yeah it gets yeah. off all the pasta like sauce that my kids cleaner. have stuck to it and everything <laughs> yeah. great idea yeah. okay so and, don't throw uh, away your baking soda okay yeah. now, now here's everybody <laughs> i hate it when i have certain you know sh- running shoes and sneakers that are very important to me <laughs> I like them either for fit or design. Like the Italian ones, right? Like my ones from Italy. (laughs) So if the white part of the sole gets, you know, any dirt on it, I'm just really upset. So I have a a cleaning toothbrush under the sink. I take the baking soda and put a little water in a bowl and I make a paste and I get my, my cleaning toothbrush and I brush the white soles on sneakers to make them look new again and, and they works. do and then i just rinse the sole part and it works so and if you, you have design sneakers you yeah. know i mean yeah, and it gets a little <laughs> scuff mark on them or gets, whatever yeah, yeah. i'm envisioning yes. overnight guests are like oh don't worry i found a toothbrush <laughs> found, i found it in the kitchen, kitchen. <laughs> never well, use bake, a look, toothbrush bake, that you find yeah. under the sink no don't they make don't they make toothpaste out of baking soda oh, it tastes terrible <laughs> yes they do they do it's a good it's really the brush your teeth as kids with baking soda Maybe it works. It's okay. Have no enamel left, but... (laughs) I know. All right. Um, So anyway, I'm trying to get you to make a lemon garlic shrimp and grits uh, where you do instant grits and you grate in some Parmesan cheese, a little bit of butter. You've got the shrimp, a little bit of cayenne and some lemon juice, and you kind of mix it all together. And it is absolutely so delicious so you've got a cheesy lemony grit with shrimp in there you toss it you you can just rest the shrimp on top if you want it's just simple you can kind of do it by instinct you just make those instant grits you can do this in a night that's inspired by food network magazine i love grits i love shrimp how are they different than polenta so chris it's the cup it's the, the same. It, coarser? It is the, yeah, it's a coarser. So basically when the mills are sized, yep. they do grits is the largest, then cornmeal is next, and then the finest is corn flour. So those are the three. And it's adjusted on the wheel? It's or adjusted on the, the wheel as huh. they crack Ah, yeah. okay. What do we got? We've got Cooking Solo, and wow, is this woman something. Clancy Miller coming your way. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. And for on-demand podcast delivery of this show, every week and to find our curated food wine and cocktail recommendations our streaming videos we're always online at foodschmooze.org and we'll be right back you're listening to a rebroadcast of the faith middleton food schmooze 
This show originally aired in 2016. This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and that, of course, means the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. Of course, you can talk with us on Facebook. Search Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I am so excited. This woman blows me away. And now let me tell you why. Because this is Clancy Miller. She is a writer. She is a pastry chef, loves all things French. But listen to her background. She graduates from Columbia University, works in international development in French Polynesia, then earns a patisserie diploma at Le Cordon Bleu in Paris, then stays in Paris, she's no fool, to apprentice in the pastry kitchen at one of the greatest restaurants ever in Paris, which is Talavant. She's then hired later by Le Cordon Bleu Paris to join the recipe development team there. And she's been featured on the Food Network and on and on she goes and has done something with this book. It's on our website with three of her recipes from the book that we especially like. This is called Cooking Solo, The Joy of Cooking for Yourself. Can you blow these up to include other people? Of course you can. But this is a great idea. But for many reasons, we're solo, right? Either you are not in a relationship with someone or your family is so busy that that you end up sitting there cooking just for yourself. So Clancy, recognizing that, said, let's do something with that idea. And I just think it is absolutely terrific. Clancy Miller, welcome to the Food Schmooze. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to jump right in for this. The second day salmon with linguine is a great idea. Because, you know, you don't eat all the salmon all the time, and you think, what am I going to do with it? Put some mayonnaise in there? (laughs) But no, this is a better idea. So what are you thinking with this? I had a, a good friend of mine visiting from Paris. She was so kind. She, I think, wanted to be a good guest and kind of would whip up a meal every now and again for both of us. And I happened to have made salmon the night before, and I had some creme fraiche, and she just went out and bought dill and whipped something up out of it. And I loved it. I loved that concept. I happened to love capers. So Mm -hmm. when I was making it for myself, I added capers and dill. And the great thing about the creme fraiche is it's like an automatic cream sauce. You know, it, it kind of liquefies pretty easily. And it's just a great way to use your leftovers and have a really lovely meal. Chris, how do we describe what creme fraiche is? People are always baffled by this. It's like a cross between sour cream and whipped cream, right? Would you say? I I always say it's interchangeable with sour cream. It has a slightly different taste and texture profile, but it's pretty close. So if you don't have it, I'll say, Clancy, what the ingredients are, and then you just tell us how easily this comes together. Water and salt and linguine, cooked flaked salmon, fresh squeezed lemon juice, chopped fresh dill, creme fraiche or sour cream, extra virgin olive oil, the capers that you definitely want to rinse, and some fresh ground black pepper. So after cooking linguine, how are you making the sauce? It's pretty simple. You're going to drain the pasta, 
And then you add the salmon, the dill that you've already chopped, the creme fraiche and the olive oil, and just a tiny bit of salt and just a grind of the fresh black pepper, and you toss it. You can toss it with tongs or spoons. And I always like to taste it before I sit down to eat to Mm -hmm. see if I need to add any more salt or pepper, and that's it. And, of course, if you're gluten-free, there are a million gluten-free pastas. We especially love the Jovial brand, and we don't say that because we're commercial. We say it because our job is to curate for you, and when we find something really terrific, we like to tell you about it. So that's on our website, that recipe, foodschmooze.org. So when you're at the market and you're getting some salmon, and get a little bit extra. Right, exactly. Clancy? You'll thank yourself the next day. Yeah. Okay. Now, we just made this. When I say we, that means Chris. <laughs> Chris made your recipe, and I was knocked out by this. This also is at foodschmooze.org. Please, please, please make this. Polenta with shiitake mushrooms. That sounds so simple. Her polenta is so delicious. Tell us how you do your polenta. My secret ingredient here would be a tiny bit of truffle oil. Mm. So you have the earthiness of the shiitake mushrooms, which I'm not a vegetarian, but I try to occasionally reduce my meat intake. And I just think mushrooms are a wonderful way to substitute meat. And they're very fast to cook. What's great about this is that you just have the earthiness of the shiitake mushrooms. And I add just a, a hint of vinegar to a little yeah. bit of the polenta. There's also the poached egg on top, which adds <laughs> like a protein, oh, yeah. um, little bit of protein. And because it's poached, it's got this silky thing going. So what I like mm. about this dish is that you've got several textures. You've got the graininess, a little bit of the polenta, which is also creamy. And then you've got the meatiness of the shiitake mushrooms and then the velvety, silky poached egg on top. And if you don't want to do a poached egg and you want to do something else for protein, you can do that too. Um, It's just a wonderful polenta. And anybody, if you're scared of making polenta, can we just tell you, Clancy, say how, Chris, how easy this is to make. Oil water. Oil water. Oil water, add polenta. Yeah, Yeah, you just stir. (laughs) Season. And that's it. It's thick and it starts to pull away from the sides of the pan and it takes about 30 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's a little meditative. It's kind of lovely and you're going to whisk in a little of that truffle oil and And you're going to whisk in Parmigiano-Reggiano and that's what makes it so (laughs) good. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's rich without being something that will make you feel guilty. Yes, (laughs) that's how we like to think here too. Okay, so this is Clancy Miller who has been schooled beyond belief in the best places and has done this book, a book I respect so much, Cooking Solo. And it's about the joy of cooking for yourself, whether you're in a family and are left to your own devices on busy weeknights. Like me. (laughs) Yes, like our Robin and me. Where'd everybody Um, go? Hello. And Chris at home, believe it or not. Okay, so that's at our website, foodschmooze.org. Let's turn to another one because I also want to know from you, Clancy, what it was like to work at Televant in Paris. This is an orange blossom almond cake. Who, as a single person, thinks, I'm going to make a cake for myself? I love that you did this. I love cakes probably more than anything else. (laughs) Um, There's a reason why I study pastry. I have a definite sweet tooth. Uh So I was 
excited about every recipe in this cookbook, but probably doubly so about every dessert. Wow. So orange blossom almond cake. I'm not a baker. I freely admit that. And I'm scared to death of baking. But when I was looking at your recipe, I thought, oh, I can do this. And I love that it had almond flour in it. And in addition, a gluten-free flour for people who are gluten-free. Exactly. I think almond flour is an ideal flour to use if you are either getting rid of gluten entirely from your diet, or in this case, I mix it. It's kind of half almond flour, half Mm. if you'd like gluten-free flour. And it just adds a great texture. I was going to say, it's like a body. Absolutely. It's like cornbread kind of texture, a little heavy on toward the heaviness. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. It feels substantial in a really good way. Let me just run through the ingredients so you can get a feel for this as you listen. We know you haven't seen this recipe yet, most of you. So butter and sugar and eggs, whole milk, orange blossom water. Where do we get that? At the health food store, I know for sure. Health food stores, sometimes you can even find it. I've been able to find it at Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find it at gourmet stores, any place that has Middle Eastern products. Yeah, and it does make a difference. Uh, Vanilla extract, the almond flour, which you can now get everywhere, gluten-free flour, and baking powder, salt, creme fraiche or sour cream, fresh raspberries, two oranges cut into rounds, and a little confectioner sugar for dusting. And you get this heavy body, beautiful orange blossom almond cake, and it is gluten-free. Great job, Clancy. Thank you. All right. So for people who don't know, Talavant is one of the oldest and most revered restaurants in all of Paris. It has a stunning wine list. Every dish that comes out of the kitchen is just bring you to your knees. I mean, it is as close to perfection in classic French as you can get. So what was that like? Were you in on the, you know, peel 100,000 pounds of potatoes and don't say a word about it? Was that your, where you walked in? Well, I was actually in the pastry kitchen there, so I didn't Mm. have to deal with potatoes. I dealt with a lot of chocolate. I used to have to dice the fruit. At the time, we used to serve a fruit minestrone, so it had kiwi and strawberry, almost any kind of fruit you can imagine, cut into the most minuscule dice, just a step Mm. up from being minced. So that was kind of my first task of the day, to prepare that for the lunch menu. But it was magnificent. It's a beautiful, beautiful restaurant. Oh, and it, it is. It really, it kind of made me stand tall every time I would walk through those doors. Oh. And it was a really, I could not have asked for a more magical experience and a better follow-up to what I learned at Le Cordon Bleu. The pastry chef was really, he was actually really kind and funny, but just superb at mm. creating beautiful, beautiful oh. desserts and beautiful is it, is it possible to get a reservation? Oh, yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's, it's best to call in advance, you know, <laughs> maybe two to three weeks. Two to three years. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly, or maybe two to three months. Um, but it, here's a tip. Lunch is always easier oh, good. to get oh. into. And, and are the main chefs working at lunch? Well, this, this place yeah. cannot fail. I mean, they, can't, they cannot just put on some second string and say, oh, you know, it's really dinner. They just can't get away with that at Talamont. So was the kitchen quiet or was there a lot of running around and, you know, yelling at people? And what was that like? 
It was mostly quiet. I think the thing that struck me first is that, you know, I had had a little bit of restaurant experience in the States, and there would at least be radios playing or something. Mm -hmm. That was not the case at Taiwan. There was no radio. You weren't expected to talk a lot. Everybody just kind of had to keep their heads down and do their work. But, you know, as the day went on, there would be conversations, but never anything too boisterous. The yelling would happen during service if somebody messed up, Mm. and that did happen. I mean, messing up, not in some gigantic way, but just, you know, you have to keep up a level of perfection, and if you diverge from that a little bit, you will be yelled at. Um, So I didn't feel like it was harsh. I think everybody probably got yelled at at least once. I, I probably got yelled at once or twice, but the chef was really nice, actually. He just wanted you to get it right. Yes, I believe in you. You can do this better. So restaurant staff often get fed food that is different from the main menu, though some restaurants will say, we want you to taste the main menu so that when it's being explained, this is for the wait staff, you know exactly what this is like. And other times it's in the training of the people. What did you have? Did you have staff meal? We did have staff meals. It was definitely different from the menu. Um, It was pretty (laughs) Good. It wasn't outstanding. It did not approach anything that yeah. people would eat in the restaurant as right. paying customers. What was it like? Pasta or? A lot of pasta. Occasionally pasta and maybe some kind of meat. There would be cheese. There were baguettes always. We also had wine sometimes. It was very simple. Nothing, frankly, to write home about. It was the quick and easy food because it's not like we were given a large amount of time to kind of have a leisurely meal. (laughs) Yeah. So what are you doing now in your life that is the most enjoyable thing of all the things you do? Well, it's been incredibly enjoyable just seeing this cookbook come to fruition. So I'm working on ideas for my next cookbook, which will probably be more dessert related. So promoting this cookbook has been incredibly fun, and I'm definitely in the midst of doing that. I also work, I wear another hat as a writer in fundraising, but I have to say I really love coming up with recipes. It's always fun for me to develop the next bunch of recipes. The book is called Cooking Solo. Her three recipes we talked about on the show are at our website, but what a fabulous idea that you have in this book cornbread waffles with jalapenos and sun-dried tomatoes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is so, so good. I'm so glad you like it. Great to talk to you. I hope you'll be a guest on the show again. Thank you so much. Great talking with you. Yeah, you're you're great. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Recipes again, foodschmooze.org. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Come to my house.